In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I made a remark to the 745 service this morning that a couple of them had missed church last week because they were out in the parking lot cleaning up. I'm sure cleanup for, for us looks a little different this week than last, and for that I'm grateful. I hope most of the cleanup is done. Each day cleanup looks different in our lives, doesn't it? I have young kids, so sometimes cleanup means picking up laundry that has been thrown somewhere in the garage. <laughs> On Wednesday morning, cleanup looked like attending to my son Robinson's fish tank. For his half birthday, Robinson got three fish and an aquarium, and he quickly named these fish Jonathan, Jackson, and Commander. He didn't think before he named them. He just, they rolled off of his tongue. Those are the names of his fish. Jonathan Jackson and Commander. About a month and a half ago, Jonathan died. And Wednesday morning, Jackson was acting a little bit strangely, so I must admit, cleaning the fish tank became really important. Because I have read a tiny bit about keeping an aquarium, and if the chemical levels are out of balance in an aquarium, these little creatures struggle. It can be toxic to their systems. And it had probably been about 10 days since I had checked the water, and it was time to do a partial water change. So I got to work with the siphon and a trash can sucking out the detritus that had fallen into the colorful gravel on the bottom of this little five-gallon aquarium. Now, most of that stuff was unconsumed food because we love to feed our fish, and we don't always communicate about who has fed the fish. <laughs> and so as that suction was pulling up little bits of that gravel and sifting through, the water in the tank became visibly more cloudy. So there's a, there's a gentle suction that pulls up the, the trash, ultimately. So I disturbed these colorful pebbles and left, you know, kind of a dirty cloud in the water. But the water vacuum was doing its job because the trash can was filling up faster than I realized. But the point of removing some of that dirty water, stirring up that mess, was to to bring a rebalance of the chemistry of the aquarium so that fresh water could be added. It took a stirring up of the environment for a reset to take place. I'm happy to report, and Robinson's in the back, whether he's listening or not, that's okay. Uh, Jackson and Commander are very pleased with the clean environment that they find themselves in. Um, and so by stirring up their environment, they are healthier. Whether you know it or not, today is sometimes called Stir Up Sunday. Because if you look at the collect in the middle of page two of your bulletin, 
The prayer that Mary B. prayed goes like this. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. So this is Stir Up Sunday. So what happens when we stir things up? It gets cloudy and murky sometimes before it's clear again. We hear about some stirring up today in our gospel. The steps of stirring up are like this. There's a mess, there's messiness and need, and so it must be attended to. In the gospel according to John, the messiness that we see is the world, hungry, broken, yearning, oppressed. It wasn't new. We heard about that in Isaiah as well. We hear those stories today. John saw the need. He was sent by God as a witness to testify to the light. He also saw the messiness and the need, and so he was baptizing those who wanted to be cleansed and to have that restart, those who were yearning and struggling. Others who saw that need in the gospel were the Levites and the priests. They saw the messiness of the world. It was the story that they continued to tell. And quite frankly, in this time, there were many who were speaking about the hope for the Messiah. And so the Levites and priests have heard people like John the baptizer talking before. And they think John is just one of those voices. There's messiness and complexity. So then in that stirring up process, we have clarification. The question of who are you? What are you doing here, right? Just as that siphon was clarifying the trash gets sucked out and we keep the gravel in the base of the aquarium, the Levites and the priests are trying to clarify, who are you, John the Baptist? What are you doing? Can we... Can we trust you? Are you who you say you are? Well, John didn't really tell them much of who he was, did he? They asked and they asked. He said, I'm not this, I'm not that. But that clarification piece of being stirred up is thinking and feeling. It's a processing that happens. And then there is the change, the change in the health of the aquarium a change in the ways we live in faith. And sometimes we resist change. We resist change because as our human nature, we find comfort in a system that is predictable. We are able to function in a more confident manner often when we know what's going to happen next. John the Baptist's response in the stirring up was to keep baptizing, to keep pointing to the light. His action in that stirring up was also to choose humility. 
and he chose connection with others, sharing the hope of God. So where do we find the good news? In this story, we don't hear specifically of Jesus by name, right? We don't get to ponder any of Jesus' actions today because this is the season of Advent where we're preparing our hearts, where we're praying that God will ready us to welcome Jesus. And so we find the good news in both the Old Testament and the New Testament readings today. We find the good news in trusting God and relying on God that the promises, those divine promises, will be fulfilled You see, in Isaiah, when we hear those beautiful, beautiful words that Melody read, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. You see, the Israelites were in exile. They were figuring out how is it that we get reconnected with God And God delivered on God's promise. Home came again. Trusting God and the promises that will be fulfilled. It was good news in ancient time and it is good news for us today that God is with us and working through us in the midst of the hard stuff, no matter our ability or our perspective. And so what's hard about this is this tension between holding on to joy, right? We heard from Paul's letter to the Thessalonians to to rejoice always, right? And to pray always. Sometimes it's painful and hard and we are lost and feel oppressed. And so how do we hold on to joy, God's joy, while being real in that experience of faithfulness, of being changed, of being transformed. We had a family gathering yesterday of cousins and second cousins, and one of my second cousins is a junior, excuse me, sophomore in college, and I said, so how's it going? And she said, it's hard because I'm figuring out how to make adult choices and I don't always know what to do. I feel lost. She's being transformed, right? from a a dependent teen to some sort of independent adult, and it's not easy. She's had bumps in the road. Transformation doesn't come easily. So to gloss over and say everything is great and beautiful is being disingenuous. So we hold in tension real joy and real life, and that's why we need the reminder of stepping into the waters of baptism of that renewal, that refreshment, so that as we prayed in that collect for today, that we can receive the gifts of grace and mercy that God extends to us in Jesus. And so what is it that we do as we prepare our hearts? We listen. We believe. And we have courage to allow God to change us. We get to rely on God to help us to be brave and to stir us up, to feel, to examine, to acknowledge 
the messiness. We get to pray that God will be with us as we hold fast and keep awake to the pain that is real in our hearts, in our bodies, in our communities, in our families. And so friends, let us get stirred up by the Holy Spirit to be honest, to be real as we prayerfully deal with sin and brokenness and toxicity so that we are ready to welcome Jesus the Messiah. Amen.